it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, they're going to love the polls today. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big Monday episode of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, a guy who is not beating Joe Biden in the polls. Now, last week I was reading you some Quinnipiac polls about Trump and Biden. Uh, You guys didn't exactly love them. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Well, you'll be in a better mood today as we get into some hard news for the current sitting president. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. It really is, if these polls are accurate. 888-788-9910. As we make our triumphant return to the radio after a pretty fantastic weekend, if I do say so myself. We had a great TV show Saturday night. Wrong. Oh, come on. But we were out in L.A. for a little while. That's where I missed you on Friday. I was hanging out with the great Mike Rowe. You'll see me on his podcast later this week. But we, of course, begin today with some you and me time. 888-788-9910. If you want a piece of a show that has one rule and one rule only, you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, you can be a Libertarian, you can be an Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a Boom. There it is. Happy Monday. Uh, If you bought a copy of my book, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, We have two live book events this weekend. I will be in Bayshore, Long Island this Friday at Barnes & Noble in Bayshore in the mall. Barnes & Noble Friday night. And Saturday at the Little Point Bookstore, myself and Dana Perino. That's going to be a banger. Perino moderating uh, the book event. little q and I'll do some stand-up, you know, a little razzle-dazzle. Little squirting lapel. The, <laughs> imagine the buzzer handshake when you. <laughs> no, it'll just be me and Dana talking about the book. So if you're in the area or you're not in the area, you're certainly welcome to hit all of these events. But right now, uh, let's talk about the polls, because where we left off was a Quinnipiac poll that shows Trump with a lot of problems in the general election. Now, when I get on the air every day, you've probably heard me say this a thousand times. I don't want to be in charge of how you vote. Okay, I just want to have a conversation. It's not a political talk show. It's like like a conservative talk show. Like I certainly lean to the right, but I don't consider this a conservative talk show. I consider it an American talk show and that we're all in this thing together at the end of the day. I hate that the two parties hate each other as much as they do politically because the quality of everything is going downhill uh, under that current business model. So when I get on the air, I want you to understand if you're somebody who disagrees with anything I'm saying, uh, you have a voice in the huddle. We're not mad at you. We're not going to scream at you on the phone. Get off my phone, you dope. We're not, you know, we don't do that here. We're just hanging out. So here's the latest national NBC News poll. Okay, shows Trump leading Biden by five points amongst registered voters in a hypothetical 2024 general election matchup. Trump is ahead of Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Now, that could be a part of it, but stick with me. Okay, the margin of error on this poll, okay, means that this is statistically a tie because it's within the poll's margin of error. Uh, But when it comes to key findings, it is not within the margin of error on the following. Uh, Poll shows that Trump has a 16-point advantage over Biden 
okay, on being competent and effective, okay, 16-point advantage. They think Trump is 16 points more competent than Biden. I am, uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- – my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. I mean, so basically, okay, when you get into the individual issues – Okay, they show that a vast majority of the American people don't think Biden is mentally fit to be president. Think about that. Okay, would you hire someone for any job, any job, literally any job? Would you hire a dog walker if you thought he wasn't mentally fit? (laughs) Certainly not a babysitter, not a crossing guard, not a gas station attendant. You wouldn't hire anybody who you didn't think was mentally fit. The Democrats are trying to sell you on four more years of Joe Biden, despite the fact that they don't think he's mentally fit. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Now, I'm not saying that to like rile up Democrats. Oh, listen to the Fox News guy getting everybody mad. That ain't my style. I don't want you to be mad. Whole point of being alive is to have fun. If you die tomorrow, you're going to wish you were in a better mood today than you might be right now. So snap out of it. But when I talk to you as an American, okay, it ain't good for the country if the guy involved, okay, is not mentally fit. And 67% of Americans think he's not mentally fit. Okay? If somebody shows up to watch the kids, you got a babysitter. You know, oh, we're going to go to dinner and a movie, but this guy keeps shaking hands with invisible people, honey. He just started talking to dead people who aren't here. Should we leave him with the kids? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. You're not going to do it. So it's a weird spot for Biden to find himself in, but there is a caveat, okay? Yes, Biden is upside down on a lot of things, okay? His approval rating is down to 37%. Okay, 60% of voters disapprove of his job performance. So 60% of voters think he's doing bad. 37% think he's doing good. uh, And there's 3% that are undecided. Uh, His current approval rating is the lowest for any president in the NBC News poll since the end of George W. Bush's second term when we were presiding over a very unpopular Iraq war. Okay, but understand this. Okay. Trump has a 22-point advantage on which president would do a better job of handling the economy. Okay, 55% to 33%. He has the edge on securing the border by 35 points over Joe Biden. You have no idea how to defend a nation. Think about that. 35% of the country. The biggest problem facing this country right now, a lot of people would argue, is the border. It's just, you know, overwhelming Obviously, the border towns and now certainly the sanctuary cities as well as, you know, schools are facing shortages and we have housing shortages. And, you know, you're watching a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. Securing the border is a little bit of a priority. Trump with a 35 point advantage there. So things are still looking really great. Okay, Biden holds an advantage on abortion by about 12 points, which is a big Democratic turnout issue. Okay, they're tied on the issue of protecting democracy with 43% of voters preferring Biden and 41% picking Trump. Now, this is really interesting, okay, because if that's the case, okay, we were told, obviously, this whole entire election is going to be a referendum on democracy. Democracy's on the ballot. They tell you every day in the New York Times, you can't have Trump on the ballot. 
because we won't have a democracy anymore. But apparently the messaging isn't working with the consumers because they don't believe the Democrats are any better on protecting democracy than the Republicans are. Why, Jimmy? How could it be? January 6th, the tweets, the guy's crazy. What do you mean? Well, as it turns out, voters have a pretty long memory when it comes to challenging the legitimacy of elections. Okay, I don't like January 6th. Come on, man, it was bad. Okay, but at the same time, most objective observers wouldn't put it in the top 25 events in terms of the top political violence we saw in the summer of 2020. It probably doesn't make the top 25, but bigger than that is the fact that a lot of people who told you you can't question the legitimacy of an election spent an awful lot of time questioning the legitimacy of the 2016 election. Bingo, man, bingo. Okay, and if every Democrat tells you, well, you know, can't have Trump. He's, we got to protect democracy. Anybody who says an election is stolen, that party is not fit to lead. Oh, really? As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) (laughs) Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. So, I mean, seriously, we were told, oh, my God, you can't say elections illegitimate. Got foreign help. They stole the election. That's what they said. Okay, so when you realize that the polling on this is as tight as it is, it's because the Democratic messaging on protecting democracy isn't actually working. Democrats are so full of crap. And most people say it. Okay, the only caveat for Biden, some good hustle here by Mikey and Josh, they get me stats, like up to the minute stats. Okay, is if Trump is convicted of a felony, If Trump is convicted of a felony, okay, Biden pulls ahead 45 to 43. Now, it's still within the margin of error, okay, but the fact remains the only thing right now that could possibly throw the race in Biden's favor as it's presently constituted today. Now, overnight is a lifetime in politics. Anything could happen. But the only thing that would throw it in Biden's favor today is if Trump were convicted of a felony. Okay, he's already been found civilly liable of sexually assaulting a woman, which is going to be a real problem with suburban swing voters and females in the general. But the point is, he's still in the lead. Okay, and what's going to be really interesting now, and me for me personally, is the guy who's like, I just want to have a nice time and talk about this stuff. Is uh, there's not going to be a lot of nice times to be had when it comes to the messaging battle we're about to fight between now and election day. Okay, now it doesn't matter if Trump's on the ballot, if Trump was off the ballot, okay? It wouldn't matter who the Republican nominee is going to be. They're all going to call the guy Hitler. That's true. That is true. That's how it works. Okay, but what you're noticing is a lot of the Hitler talk isn't really landing anymore. You know, remember that line in Casino when Joe Pesci is getting sloppy as an enforcer? 
Now, like, eventually, Nikki wasn't getting them down with one punch anymore. And that's where we are with a lot of the personal attacks in our politics. Okay, people have heard them forever and ever, and they don't land the way they did because people have been tired. Okay, of the of the. You know, there's no better way to say it than the character assassinations. This goes back decades. Nobody talks anymore about the issues. No. They simply just, this man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. I mean, Mm. that's Johnny Carson in 1984. 1984. And he was like, nobody talks about the issues anymore. Could you imagine if he saw what an election looks like 40 years later? Where literally every single reaction to a Trump speech is, he should be behind bars. <laughs> He's going to overthrow democracy. Your daughters won't be allowed to vote. They're banning Muslims. None of this is true. Okay, but this is what they're running on. And then in the next breath, they give you a lecture about division. Like, oh, come on with the division, with the rhetoric, the toxic rhetoric. People are so worked up. Why won't Hitler and his supporters just tone it down? You know what I'm saying? If all of you white supremacists would just stop with the name calling, you bunch of transphobic misogynists, ease up on the name calling. That's what we're down to. And it's not working anymore. Okay. I consider it a bad sign for the country, for real, that Trump is viable under 91 indictments. Not because of anything against Trump, but because it really speaks to Americans losing faith in the judicial system. It's bad for your country when the judicial system doesn't really matter anymore. It believes you don't have equal application of justice. It means most people don't believe justice is being administered on a level playing field. Okay, that's bad. That's bad for the country, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or anything in between. So the fact that Trump could be under 91 indictments... And if he's convicted of one of them, we're still in a statistical dead heat. That is an indictment of our justice system more than it is of Trump. That's a bad place for the country to find itself in. But when you realize, like, that's what they're down to on the left with Biden, you also realize it's probably time to get him off the ticket. Okay, if you're not winning, if the other guy goes to jail, <laughs> like, that's the understand this. Okay, if you're the candidate, you're the nominee. And according to the polls, you're not winning unless the other guy goes to jail. Then even if you do win, we're all losing. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus. 
They've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So, you know, you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. There it is, Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Pour one out for my homies over at MSNBC. And maybe, of course, even at CNN. Uh, Steve Kornacki uh, on Meet the Press yesterday, uh, breaking down some polling, says this is the biggest lead Trump has ever had, clip 18. It's even more significant when you look at it this way. Over time, we have been testing for five years now, going back to 2019, a Biden-Trump matchup. Remember, 2019, 2020, Joe Biden led. He led big in every single one of our polls. For the first time in November, Donald Trump pulled ahead in our poll, and now at five points, this is the biggest lead NBC has ever had in 16 polls for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. And, of course, undergirding all of this is this question of he is the incumbent, Joe Biden. We ask voters, what do you think of the job he's doing? And look at that, Kristen, 37% approve and now 60% disapprove. Wow, 60% disapprove of Biden. So I guess we have some issues. (laughs) Big issues, Mickey, big issues. Here is Biden, though. Okay, he says the problem is it's a weird campaign, clip 12. And the guy we're running against, uh, he is, uh, he's not for anything. He's against everything. No, I mean, it's, a, it's the weirdest campaign I've ever been engaged in. It's even worse than, in terms of his behavior than the last time in 2020. Oh, Biden. You are so full of sh- I'm not here to get you mad at Joe Biden because people have, believe me, very strong opinions on Donald Trump. But to say he's not for anything, okay, the guy's running on secure the border, Okay. I'm for a secured border. I'm for supporting law and order. I'm for avoiding endless wars. You know, when you're running on straw man arguments, it means you've really got no case to make. I think he's got a point. Okay, MSNBC sent a camera crew into a barbershop. They went into a black barbershop and wanted to hear why, you know, people were going to take the opinions they were going to take in the upcoming election. I believe what they were going for was everybody there will vote for Biden. So let's go to the barbershop because they're all voting for Biden. (laughs) Didn't quite play out that way. I do believe he had some support, but here's the rest. Clip 15. You're hearing that, too, that there are some people in your orbit who are either voting for Donald Trump or considering it. For sure. A lot of my friends are obviously my age, so we're a little younger. (laughs) We've only voted once, you know, for for a president. And Trump is kind of all we know. And they're kind of Trump and Biden. They're like, well, we were broke with Biden. We weren't with Trump. And that's kind of the only thing that I'm hearing over and over again, over and over again, is that, well, Trump, we had money. Well, okay, I hear you guys. But personally, I morally, I couldn't see myself. Okay. So he says, morally, I couldn't see myself doing it, but all my friends are voting for Trump. And the rationale is under Trump, we had money. Under Biden, we didn't. Okay, 
you need no more complex analysis than that. One guy we had money, the other guy we didn't. Get him out of here. How do you not let the Duran Duran roll out on a Monday? It is viewed to a kill. Uh, I believe the number they're playing right now. And uh, if you look off at the 2024 election, which is what we're doing right now here on Fox Across America, having a grown-up talk, here is Kristen Welker on Meet the Press talking about Biden's low poll numbers. Uh, It is clip 19. It shows you the improvement Biden has to make here in the coming months. Uh, The issues that are driving this, too, the economy, no surprise, we've been talking about it, but look at that advantage for Trump, 22 points, and securing the border here, folks, a very important Trump with a 35-point advantage. The economy is so striking, Steve, because jobs are up, inflation is down, voters aren't giving him credit for that, clearly. Yeah, there are a couple areas in here, I think, where Democrats see potential opportunities to grow Biden's support. Certainly, they are hoping the economy Folks change their perceptions of it and start rewarding Biden for it. That's what they're hoping, certainly. I don't know, man. I don't know. You gotta do better than that. Okay, the truth is, when you look at a lot of these numbers, you're obviously happy if the economic indicators are better. You want inflation down. Uh, You want the employment levels uh, to be higher. You know, you want low low unemployment, uh, ideally. Um, The problem that they find within all of these numbers is they don't much see it as job creation. They see it as job recovery, meaning a lot of people who are out of work were out of work because the pandemic shut down their existing job. When the economy eventually reopened, they were able to go back to a job they already had. So is that actual job creation? No, it's recovery. And that's where he's not really getting credit is they're not creating jobs. Okay, over the course of time, more people have gotten jobs back. But I've said this to you previously on the show. If Jenny throws me out of the house, which she might do uh, after the, whew, hmm, we had a wild one Saturday night on that TV show. <laughs> Jenny, one of these nights, Jenny's going to watch the show and be like, all right, that's enough out of you with the starlets and the games. And you're out of here. Jenny throws me out of the house. Okay, when she eventually calms down and lets me back into the house, I didn't get a new house. I just got the old one back. Okay, but that's how they're trying to frame job numbers. In truth, you know, in the early goings of this administration, not only were we losing jobs to the pandemic and the shutdowns, but we were losing jobs because of our domestic energy policy, which began with Biden killing the Keystone Energy Pipeline and crushing 10,000 well-paying American jobs in the process. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Not ideal. Okay, because ultimately killing the pipeline uh, did what? It forced us to use rail cars, rail cars to transport fuel that was otherwise floating through the pipeline. Now, what do you think uses more fuel? A pipeline which requires zero or a rail car? Okay. I don't have the specifics on the rail car, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say you use more fossil fuels to power the train than zero fossil fuels. I think he's got a point. And the point is they've created more pollution by getting rid of the pipeline and being more reliant on boats and trains and tractor trailers. So it's not 
actually fixing the environment. It's just getting a lot of people paid. Money, 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 money. So they don't really have a deliverable when it comes to the economy. Inflation's down, but it's higher than it was when he took office. And most people, again, in the core price index are getting annihilated. So you can tell me, like, the car price goes down. And that might skewer, okay, the overall rate of inflation. Okay, but if your eggs are more, your milk is more, your bread is more, your meat is more, okay, the cheese is more, you're spending a lot more money than you go to the grocery store than you used to. He knows what he's talking about. So you can point to economic indicators at large, but the reason Biden is trailing as poorly as he is on the economy is because people's individual situations aren't great. Yes, at the tippy top of the ladder, the stock market is soaring, which would be good if you have a 401k, or it's good if you happen to be a rich investor. Okay, people are making a ton of money. But when the stock market was soaring under Trump, what did they always tell you? They're like, well, that's just for the rich. The rich make money when the stock goes up. The little guys don't matter. But if the little guys have investments, they benefit just the same. But the point is when the two parties trade power, they trade playbooks. So under Biden, stock market up, okay, is a good thing for you and me and everything in between. But when it was under Trump, stock market up was a sellout to the rich. All he cares about is the rich, the stock market. It's all a scam. Okay, so Biden finds himself in a tough spot because he's just historically unpopular. Whatever you might tell me his deliverables are, well, they spent money on the climate. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And I apologize if you're in one of those circles where they do. Okay, as a former cab driver who has a more diverse group of friends than anyone listening to the show and anyone in the world for that matter, because, you know, a hundred different countries are represented in my taxi garage. Okay, the one thing they all have in common is they came here from another part of the world in search of a better life. But the weather had nothing to do with why they left. Correct the mundo. Climate change is white privilege. Rich White people, okay, who have it really good, some of whom feel bad about their lack of prosperity and want to justify their opulent lifestyle by being like, but I'm saving the planet. And then other people who've just latched on to the movement and it's kind of like a social pressure thing because you swim in liberal elite circles and you want to be accepted. So you pretend you can control the weather. Guys, nobody can control the weather. I say it a lot, but the oldest joke in the world is that being a weatherman's a good job because you could be wrong every day and still keep your job. But you want me to believe, okay, although we can't predict the weather accurately tomorrow, we know what it's going to do in 75 years. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. They don't have any deliverables, okay? But the hardest thing for them to deliver is not their policies. It's not how it's impacted you as an American. The hardest thing for them to actually deliver is the president himself, Joe Biden, who is now skipping the Super Bowl pre-interview for the second straight year. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I'm telling you because I care, man. Okay, I'm not saying that. Well, you you got to vote Republican on this show. I don't care. The Republican Party is an embarrassment right now. Look at the border deal they want to make right now. When you got Mitch McConnell going, well, this border deal is the best we can get, the best deal we can get. Hello? We're not negotiating with anybody but our own country. That is correct. Wait, it's the best deal we can get from us? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So we got this border deal.
It sends $60 billion to, to, to Ukraine. Fine, whatever. Putin's a bad guy. I don't want to tolerate the aggression, so don't think I'm sitting here saying I'm on Putin's side. Okay, I'm not a shock jock. I'm not desperate for clicks and relevance, so I'm going to prop up Putin. Well, you got to hear his side, okay? Believe me, okay? I am not pro-Putin, but understand at the same time, okay, it is a point of absurdity that we'd have a border bill described as the best we can do that sends $60 billion to Ukraine, but it only spends $20 billion on our border. That is financial lunacy. Again, it's not about Ukraine. Well, help Ukraine. Ukraine needs our help, okay, in the world, and we don't want, you know, fine, great, I get it. Woo, okay. But there's no world where anyone can be taken seriously if the only people we're negotiating with are ourselves. And the best we can do is three for them, one for us. You cannot be serious. You can't be serious, John McEnroe. But understand, okay, Biden, in the position he finds himself in, skipping this Super Bowl interview, it's because he doesn't. And the game is on CBS, okay? It's not like a big, rowdy Fox News. Oh, Hannity's going to put the screws to them. That's not happening. Okay, this is CBS. Who would ask some fair questions? I mean, a lot of the 60 Minutes are cream puffs. They're not, you know, it's not gotcha journalism. Although, you know, you got a president in his late hundreds. Any questions, a gotcha question, you know. (laughs) What's your name? You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with, uh, I don't know, uh, a bit of a mess. But the point is they're skipping an interview that by and large is a friendly interview for the president. Even if it's on Fox. Like Obama had a pretty contentious interview on our channel way back when. I believe it was with Bill O'Reilly. And Obama was pretty unpopular at the time because of some of his domestic priorities and it got a little contentious. It did. Okay, but to Obama's credit he showed up. He took the questions. He answered the questions. Just the same as Trump would do a Super Bowl interview. Okay, obviously Bill Clinton would do a Super Bowl interview if they had some fine ladies on the set. This is not okay. But stick with me. Okay, the fact that he's not even sitting for the interview, the fact that on Super Bowl Sunday they're playing a prevent defense with the president is a really bad sign. Tell him like it is. Okay, it's a bad sign because they don't want him out there making the case for himself. You're not getting a straight answer, you dig? You know the old blind date? You know, someone sent you up on a blind date. You want to know if they're good looking and they won't answer the question. <laughs> Got this great girl for you. Yeah, she look. Oh, big sports fan. You like sports. Yeah, no, not bad. Yeah, so if we go to the game, she look good at the game. You know, it's so funny because you're funny. She's funny. We always laugh. You know, it's great. you're going to love her because you're funny and she's funny. And you're like, oh, no, no, definitely. Funny's great. Yeah, sports is great. You got any pictures? Is she hot? Oh, man, I got to tell you, this girl, you like cars. She loves cars. You're like, oh, I get it. He's setting me up with livestock. Okay, when they won't let you talk to the candidate, it's not because the candidate has things under control. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Think about that. They won't let you talk to the guy. Not how you can't talk to the guy. Okay, that's not a good sign. Okay, that they're bubble taping the guy. They're counting on the surrogates to get out there and make the case. That's where we find ourselves right now. Well, we can't send this guy out there. There's no way anybody will send somebody else out there. They'll make the case. We can't do a Super Bowl interview with the president. But understand, okay, 
the people on the left might accept that. Well, it's a prevent defense. We don't want the guy to say anything stupid. He says a lot of stupid stuff. We're in a tight election. We don't want to send him out there. But that is demonstrating weakness on the world stage where our enemies do not make their opinions based on what CNN or MSNBC are telling them. They make their opinions based on what they see coming out of the president. Just the same as they're not making an opinion based on anything Fox News tells them. Okay, if Fox News spends four hours a day telling you Biden's nuts and our geopolitical foes go, actually, Fox is wrong. Uh, Biden uh, seems sharp as a tech. Okay, they ain't going to listen to Fox News. They're not taking our word for it. They're forming their own assessments. That's the point. They all have their own intel. Okay, they all have their own assessment abilities. When you watch a guy make the sign language interpreter shrug, you don't walk away confident in his ability to lead. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. So Biden's skipping the Super Bowl interview. In theory, you go like, ah, listen to this Fox News guy trying to get me worked up about the Super Bowl. Other people have skipped the interview in the past. Sure, maybe. I don't know. But you know what the other people did, too? They called on reporters spontaneously. They answered questions without having the answers on a note card in front of them. They left speeches and went in the right direction 99.9% of the time. Everyone they ever spoke to was alive. <laughs> this stuff matters. And they never shook hands with invisible people. Okay. You guys are talking about a presidential election. I'm just talking to you about life. Joe Biden behaves like a guy you wouldn't buy weed off of. Straight up. If you had a friend who spoke to dead people in public who clearly were not there and everyone in the room knew it, you'd be like, you know what? This guy's probably smoking stuff that's a little too strong for me. Okay, if you had a friend who quit talking in the middle of a sentence because he was finished, just sent in the punt team on second down, you wouldn't smoke his weed. Okay, when he starts shaking hands with invisible people, I got to tell you, man, it's a cause for concern. So we see ourselves in this position where they're playing a prevent defense with Biden at a time when he's running into some difficult polls against Trump. You know, a lot of the Obama surrogates are out there saying the guy's no good. He's got to go. You know, ostensibly, if, you know, David Axelrod is saying he's got to go, that's Obama behind the scenes, quietly whispering to his surrogates, he's got to go. I agree with that. Okay, so we find ourselves in a really precarious spot. Because you've got till August for the Democratic convention, okay? You have until August. If he was going to come off the ticket, it's obviously a very logistical, you know, logistically challenging scenario, whether it's Gavin Newsom or somebody else jumping onto the ticket, okay? But the point is, until you start to see him out on his own, okay, it's very hard to take them at their word that they're running this guy. Okay, the problem being is when they do send him out on his own, they never know what's going to come out of his mouth. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. So either way you slice it, whether he's on the ticket or he's off the ticket, they're playing a prevent defense straight up. We can't let this guy, you know how long the Super Bowl interview is, you guys? It's about three and a half minutes, about three and a half minutes you're the president. Who do you like in this game? You're a fan of football growing up? By the way, what's up with the border? That's it. You get three sports. You get one question that's topical. They can prepare you for it ahead of time. He ain't sitting down for the interview. Okay? And I'm just telling you because I care. Okay? It's a Super Bowl interview. It shouldn't be the end of the world. But when we're playing a prevent defense in a Super Bowl cream puff interview, 
it's because you really don't have much of a team to run on. And you could pretend, ah, it's scheduling, it's this and that. You know, he's got to travel. Come on, don't bullshit me. be a lot easier to believe if this guy could get through one single solitary sentence in English. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Doing the damn thing, 888-788-9910. We're on the radio. Uh, Saturday night, we were on the TV. Michael has some thoughts. Michael! Jimmy, oh, look at you, man, hanging out in Cali. You know, I'm afraid you might get sucked into all that glitz and all that glamour, and you might think that California is the place you ought to be, but don't fall prey to those Hollywood sirens, my man. They're, they are majority <laughs> plastic, and it, and I ain't talking about Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in luck because I'm too fat for L.A. They can't have me there. Oh. Uh, are you kidding me? They thought I was Godzilla. I weigh like 235. They thought I was Godzilla in L.A. There's no chance, man. Oh, but the show, man, Joe Piscopo. How great is Joe Piscopo? Oh, holy cow, buddy. He was he fantastic. Is, he's a legend. Yeah, he was. He was fantastic. I love talking uh, to him about his crazy Eddie Murphy stories and everything because, like, he's from a better era of comedy, the one I'm trying to get back to, where who the hell cares yeah. what the comedians are doing? We're supposed to have a good time, and everybody's a little, you know, they're too worked up. I'm trying to do my part, as you can see. There, there was a lot of synergy in what he was saying about Sinatra, and oh my gosh, I remember his Sinatra impersonation. Oh, they were so great. good. He, man, he's the best. Yeah, he is. I'll pass along a note, Michael. Yeah, it'll mean a lot coming from you. Um, listen, man, no L.A. for me. Uh, I could eat some In-N-Out Burger, and I, I might have, okay, but I'm safe here on the East Coast, so... Don't go rearranging the flowers that you like to send me on Mondays. Michael, we love you. Uh, more of your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons. We've got a lot to get to. It's a whole to-do. But we're back after this on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Back in action for a big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910 if you want a part of this shindig. A shindig that has no intellectual barrier of admission. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. On this show, we say it every day. You could be a Republican, be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. Just don't be a I got to tell you, man, as we get underway in this hour, we got some news on the southern border. Uh, and I'm going to put House Speaker Mike Johnson down as a maybe. Uh, here is the actual statement released on this border bill that was finally uh, in text shown to the public over the weekend. House Republicans oppose the Senate immigration bill because it fails in every policy area needed to secure our border and would actually incentivize more illegal immigration. 
Among its many flaws, the bill expands work authorizations for illegal aliens while failing to include critical asylum reforms. Even worse, its language allowing illegals to be released from physical custody would effectively endorse the Biden catch-and-release policy. The so-called shutdown authority in the bill is anything but riddled with loopholes that grant far too much discretionary authority to Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who has proven he will exploit every measure possible in defiance of the law to keep the border open. The bill also fails to adequately stop the president's abusive parole authority and provides for taxpayer funds to fly and house illegal immigrants in hotels through the FEMA Shelter and Services Program. Because President Biden has refused to utilize his broad executive authority to end the border catastrophe that he has created, the House led nine months ago with the passage of the Secure the Border Act, H.R. 2. That bill contains the necessary components to actually stem the flow of illegals and end the present crisis. The Senate must take it up immediately. America's sovereignty is at stake. Any consideration of the Senate bill in its current form is a waste of time. It is dead, all caps, on arrival in the House. We encourage the U.S. Senate to reject it. Now, I do clap for that, not because I don't want a settlement reached at the southern border, but because the bill being floated, Politics 101, does everything except solve the problem. This is politics as usual. Just so we're on the same page, I'm going to play some Bill Maher. Okay, Bill Maher is not exactly a card-carrying Republican. Okay, and Bill Maher, in the clips I'm about to play you, calls out both parties. But to the credit of Bill Maher, he echoes a point we made all over this radio show last week, and I'm sure some other conservative commentators did as well. You don't need a new border bill to shut the southern border. Bingo. You see, the southern border was shut, and then Joe Biden became president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And when he became president, he immediately reversed two key pivotal points that had been securing the border. One was called remain in Mexico. If somebody came to the country illegally seeking asylum uh, or legally seeking asylum, the fact remains they would be stuck in Mexico until their asylum case was heard, at which point they'd be welcomed into the country. When they got rid of remain in Mexico, that meant anyone that was apprehended at our southern border would now be allowed into the country. Whether their asylum case was granted or not, this, of course, creates a backlog in legal asylum cases and that has taken people's citizenship requests and backed them up by an average of three and a half years. So the people trying to come here legally are now being backed up in the process of doing so because Remain in Mexico is allowing the cartels and the human traffickers to bring that many more people to our border because they can guarantee them safe passage into the country. Again, if you get caught at our southern border, it's not go home. It's not wait till you're allowed in. It's come on down. So Biden reversed Remain in Mexico with a stroke of a pen which means Biden could re-implement Remain in Mexico with the stroke of a pen. Border wall construction, he signed an executive order halting border wall construction. Furthermore, they started to spend money to destroy the materials needed for a border wall. Now they're telling you, we got to pass this bill because we need a wall. We need to get these policies and provisions back in place at the southern border. We really care about this thing. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. So to Bill Maher's credit, okay, he does call out Biden for this clip eight. Part two of the acting yeah. is Joe, is, is Joe Biden two. saying, you know what, if you just give me a new law, a new law, 
Why doesn't the president can fix this? He already has the existing laws. And border patrol this, this will take right silly. to your face. I need a piece of yeah. paper from Congress to deal with the border. No, you already have that. That's right. That's right. How about that? So he he says to Joe Biden, "You were lying your ass off." You can't say I need a piece of paper to secure the border, because as the president, you already have it. I think he's got a point. Yeah, and the point is, okay that everybody's saying we got to pass this bill to secure the border is full of Okay, here's the rest of Bill Maher, though, because he's admitting, honestly, that Republicans don't want the immigration issue solved. This is clip seven. Immig- he's not going to immigration do Immigration is real, but their, but their reaction to it is not real. It's all a bunch of acting. They should be getting an award this award season here. Because, no, really, they... The Republicans act like they want to solve this, but the Democrats called their bluff. I mean, there was a, there is a bill right now that a lot of them, Mitch McConnell, like some pretty conservative senators, saying this is as good a deal as you're going to get. They don't want it because they don't want this issue to be solved. Okay, here's the situation. They had the issue solved. Do you dig? Remain in Mexico was in place. Uh, H.R. 42 was in place. The wall was being built. Okay, they were aggressively solving the issue. Again, we've had 8 million migrants come into the country illegally under Joe Biden. That number didn't even hit a million under Trump. So to say there's a comparison between the Republicans' appetite for the border and the Democrats, not even close! It's a little generous of Bill Maher. Now, he's not wrong when he says politicians would rather run on issues than solve them. And he's not wrong when he says Mitch McConnell thinks this is the best deal we can get. Mitch McConnell is a go-along-to-get-along politician. Okay, he works with establishment Democrats on everything that allows them to spend money on foreign wars and create the appearance that they're prioritizing our country in the process. Okay, but unfortunately, in this moment, okay, what they're trying to do is clean up a mess they made in an election year. Okay, the border and the illegal border crossings had been cut by 80 percent under Trump. Like them, hate them, you know, people marched in protest. If you remember, AOC went down to the so-called kids in cages and cried. AOC is a dope. Okay. If you remember, the New York Times posted a photo of the kids in cages only to get corrected by the Associated Press because those cages were built under Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Okay. The fact remains, okay, a lot of the policies at the border were policies both parties supported until it became politically expedient not to. Okay, the Democrats voted for border wall funding under George W. Bush and again under Barack Obama. Okay, the Border Fence and Protection Act. Okay, but when Trump came down the escalator and said build a wall in very colorful terms, they're like only a racist wants to secure the border. We should be building bridges, not walls. And then they all went home to their houses surrounded by walls. Okay, the problem we have now at the border is it is very much a political issue. But in terms of the fallout, it's not. Okay, if we have a record level of fentanyl flooding our streets, fentanyl doesn't know who you voted for. Okay, if inner city schools are being overwhelmed and kids are losing education in the process, okay, it's not just the kids that vote one way or the other. It means all our kids are getting dumber. I love the poorly educated. Okay, this is a real issue. If cops are getting jumped in the streets of New York, 
like we watched last week. Guys, believe me, bad cops need to be held accountable. But the vast, vast, vast majority of people throwing on a uniform are doing a job you ain't signing up to do. You need them. They don't need you. You need them. And they deserve our support. Should the bad ones be held accountable? Yes. But when people who are in this country illegally, that have criminal rap sheets, are allowed to walk the street, assault cops, and get away with it, I'm telling you it is a moral failing on behalf of the entire country that this could continue to be a thing. Even Jessica Tarloff, a lot of you guys get mad at, okay, who I love having on the show because we converse pretty easily across party lines, whether we agree or not, is irrelevant. Okay, have the conversation. Here's Jessica Tarloff, to her credit, on Bill Maher, admitting that Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis were right to start relocating migrants to bring attention to the issue. Clip nine. It ended up being actually good on Governor Abbott to start busing immigrants all over the country. When he started with Martha's Vineyard, him and DeSantis, I thought, oh, this is just a political stunt. It's ridiculous. And now that you have J.B. Pritzker and Mayor Adams and Kathy Hochul and the mayors of Baltimore and D.C. saying we absolutely cannot sustain this influx, everybody feels like they live in Eagle Pass now and has a lot of sympathy for that. But the reason that I don't think that the election hinges on these issues is, A, we have time, and Democrats better start fixing it, get tough about these things, say, if you touch a cop, you're deported tomorrow. That's how it works here. How about it? That's Jessica Tarloff telling you the truth. If you touch a cop, you should be deported tomorrow. Okay, and you should be. You get to come to our country and beat up the cops? Yo, go to another country, anywhere else in the world, and try to beat up the cops, okay? Let me know how it's going to end for you. Okay, because it ain't going to be good. And this has nothing to do with anyone's race or ethnicity or what they identify as. Okay, and everything to do with protecting, okay, number one, the rule of law, but more importantly, okay, in this country, we need to have a little more self respect. Then you can come here illegally. You can break the law by crossing the border, break the law. Welcome to America. You broke the law once. Now you come into a town and you assault the You broke the law twice. At what point do we as Americans stand up for ourselves and our sovereignty is the question. That's why nobody will support this border deal. Chip Roy's coming on in this hour. Okay, believe me, if you've heard Chip Roy talk about the border policy the last time he was on. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. I can't even imagine what he's going to say about this bill, a bill that spends $60 billion in Ukraine and $20 billion in America. And again, I don't want you to be mad at Ukraine. If they need our help, you give them our help. They're an ally. I get it. Uh, I do believe most Americans feel like they're not the priority in this moment. But when you hear Democrats like Premier Jayapal, I'll play you this clip right now, telling you the real problem at the border is the language we're using. It's the language. Where you got to use better language. Oh, shut up, woman. Listen to this, clip 11. My colleagues on the other side of the aisle have made it clear that they're not interested in sensible solutions, just in sensationalism. This bill is another example of that. And I hope my colleagues will stop referring to people as illegals. People are human beings. They have different statuses. Some are undocumented. If you want to say some are illegal, but let's not call human beings illegal. Tired of that language. Oh, man. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Okay, listen, I language fine. You want to use better language fine. But the problem at the southern border is not whether we're calling them legals or asylum seekers or migrants or undocumented migrants. The problem at the southern border is there's a record level of fentanyl that's killing people all over the country. Correct the mundo. That's the problem. 
Whatever you want to call it, that's the problem. Can you use better language? Fine. You know when we'll use better language? When we solve the problem. Okay, the fact that we focus on so many superficial things, and in a lot of instances, made-up things. Don't ever forget. Okay, we spent an entire two-week news cycle pretending that Border Patrol agents were whipping Haitian migrants. That's what we were told. That is a fact-check false. Don't ever forget, the photographer contacted the White House and said, don't run with that story. I took the pictures. No one was being whipped. Those are split-rein horses. And what did Mayorkas get out there and do? He ran the story anyway. This guy's a serious ass. What did Biden do? He said, these people are going to pay. There's going to be consequences. This guy's a serious ass. Because what ultimately happened? Okay, an investigation told us what we knew that day, that it had never happened to begin with. This is politics as usual. Why do we call it politics? Because by making the border a referendum on whether or not agents were whipping migrants, it takes the conversation away from their dereliction of duty to actually defend our southern border. When Premier Jayapal says, I don't like the language we're using at the border, it takes the focus away from the fact that the border's wide open. Okay, I would love to call everybody all the right words. I'm not here for the trouble. I just wrote a whole book about cancel culture. You can get it at foxnewsbooks.com. Okay, but the fact remains our problem at the southern border is not words, it's deeds. There are drug cartels and human traffickers that have turned drug smuggling and child sex trafficking into a $2 billion industry. I'm telling you because I care. If you want to turn the country around, you secure the border and you figure out what the title of a love story when you're done. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be rapping with Chip Roy from the great state of Texas in the next break. Uh, Fascinating stuff coming out of D.C. Here is Mike Johnson, the House Speaker. Talking about this bill, clip two. We are willing to work with the Senate. I am not disclosing that, and I've been very consistent for the hundred days that I've had the gavel. We're willing to work, but they have to be serious about it. If you only do a few of those components, you are not going to solve the problem. And Kristen, that's not a Republican talking yeah. point. That's what the sheriffs at the border, the, the border patrol agents, the deputy chief of, of U.S. Border Patrol, a 33-year veteran of the agency, told us. He said it's as though we're menis- administering an open fire hydrant. He said, I don't need more buckets Let- like the president's proposed. I need to stop the flow, and we know how to do that, but Joe Biden is unwilling to do it. Understand again and again and again, anybody who's telling you, well, if we just pass the bill, that'll be the, uh, we just got to go out and pass the bill. You are so full of Okay, the bill is immigration reform. The bill has to do predominantly with processing paperwork. Okay, people are not coming because of paperwork. They're coming because they happen to be getting into the country. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, the thing that would stop them from getting into the country is a Remain in Mexico policy that would empower the border agents who encounter migrants at the border to say, thanks for coming. Okay, your case is on file. You will remain in Mexico. If your case is granted, we'll call you. Price is right style. Come on down. 
But in the meantime, what we're currently doing is we're apprehending people at the border and letting them in. Or we're not apprehending them at all and letting them in. You understand this is a crisis that's getting people killed. Sadly, it's getting women sexually assaulted. It's getting kids smuggled into the sex trade. And it doesn't need a bill to end it. If the goal is to end the human suffering, you could do that with an executive order tomorrow. But why won't they do it with an executive order tomorrow? Because then they would simply be re-implementing the very Trump policies that they bashed. Oh, wow! So they can't just re-implement these policies, meaning they are willing to let the suffering continue so they can pass a a, a pared-down bill that gives a lot more benefit to Ukraine somehow than it does the United States of America. Again, you're calling this a border act that sends three times as much money to Ukraine as it does the border. What a fraud. But this is why people hate politics. Okay, we'll talk about it with Chip Roy. I can't guarantee you he's not going to drop an F-bomb on the air because he was pretty passionate last time, and that was before they hit him with a bucket of confetti with this clown bill they're putting forth at our southern border right now. If you thought he was mad before, wait till the clown car runs over his feet. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. He is a superstar representative from the 21st Congressional District of Texas. We are talking about House Judiciary Committee member, House Rules Committee member, House Budget Committee member, Congressman Chip Roy back on the show. Hey, man. Jimmy, how are you, man? How are you doing? Good. Now, you're obviously a huge fan of this border bill, as I take it. No question. You know, there's (laughs) nothing like... You know, there's nothing like trying to bail out Democrats and give them the ability to blame us for open borders by passing a bullcrap bill that won't secure the border. It will actually empower the Democrats to be able to flood the zone with 5,000 people a day and then try to tell the American people, oh, guess guess what, guys? We just did you a solid. We basically legalized illegal immigration. Good job, us. I, listen, man, My this is where my mind is blown, okay? I know, okay, the Senate's the Senate, the House is the House. But when I hear Mitch McConnell sort of say this is the best we can do, we're negotiating against ourselves as a country. So how is this possibly the best we can do? Well, it's not. The best we can do yeah. is, I don't know, uh, enforce the law, yeah. which current law would say you can't release anybody in the United States. You have to detain them. Or if you think there are some loopholes that are being exploited, as there are, they were judge-created loopholes, and these guys in the administration are using asylum and parole to break the back of the actual spirit of the law, which is to secure the border, then if you're Congress, you close those loopholes and you say, nope, the law requires you to detain. That is the basis of the Republican bill last year, H.R. 2, frankly, which was inspired by my bill, H.R. 29, which said detain or turn away. I think that reflects what I'd say 70 percent of Americans think that we ought to do as Americans. Even some Democrats rank and file out there in the country understand that. But, you know, look, they say that that's the best they can do because you know what they really want? Mm -hmm. They want more war money. That's what they want. They don't care about securing the border because the Chamber of Commerce is over here saying we want our cheap labor. Meanwhile, the defense people are all saying we want our money for more wars. And Republicans go, yes, sir. Yeah, man. Thank you, sir. May I have another? You know, (laughs) we're talking the representative Chip Roy. And yes, uh, you know, they the old definition in New York, they would say the definition of a con man is somebody who would take away your eyes, but convince you he did you a favor. 
And in a real roundabout way, that's what they're kind of selling this bill as. Because if you're financing more money for Ukraine in war than you are for America, is it not a little bit of a racket to call this a favor? Right. I mean, and that is exactly the point. What I keep trying to remind my colleagues is don't take the bait of diving too far into this bill and giving it the credence of having to debate it. Outlook, I have a job. Read the bill. Make sure I understand what's in it. Report that out. But at the end of the day, move on. Because this is a ploy by Democrats to get cover, to put a beard over the fact that they have been leaving our country exposed to fentanyl cartels, terrorists, criminals, empowering China, making us less safe, undermining Texas, undermining our sovereignty. They're doing that, and they want to be able to say, hey, we did something. Republicans won't do it. That's what they want to run on. They want to be able to give Biden something to have against a Trump candidacy when Trump is running on the border. We're stupid if we do that. If we even give them like five seconds of airtime on this, it's stupid. We should be saying, we sent you a bill that would do the job. We sent it to you a year ago. You've ignored it, and Americans have died. You've ignored it, and migrants have died. You've ignored it, and our enemies have become more powerful. And you've got, we're running against you. We're running against your open borders. You pass our bill, or you kiss our ass, and you see us in November. I mean, listen, I think you're getting an amen from the choir on that one on this show. Here's a question I wanted to run by you, okay? If Biden used executive orders, okay, to strike down Trump policies like remain in Mexico, and we've discussed this, he can obviously use the pen to put these orders back into place. Is the reason they're pushing for a bill the fact that if they simply restore the Trump policies, they're basically admitting defeat and the fact that they never should have gotten rid of them? Is that the Democrat motivation here? No, the Democrat motivation is to continue to move the goalpost to be able to legalize illegal immigration and to continue to normalize the flow that they've created. Mm -hmm. Remember, Jay Johnson said a thousand a day was a crisis. Mm -hmm. This bill would set an absolute floor of fourteen hundred a day with a likely flow throughput of five thousand a day and probably more because of the way they've structured it. I could go through the list of things, yeah. but I don't really have to. It's yeah. absurd, right? Yeah. They put all the litigation into D.C. courts. Mm -hmm. They actually give lawyers to children and other illegal immigrants. They actually do not change the parole laws significantly that they're currently using to dump people into the United States. Uh, the asylum changes they make uh, are frankly modest in the end, and they have the catch and release provisions still in the law. I mean, I could go on and on, but the bottom line is it's purposeful. Democrats know how to do this. Move the needle way over and then go, oh, let's compromise. Well, give me a half a loaf. Well, a half a loaf is like, oh, well, I was punching you in the face 10 times. I'm now going to punch you in the face five times. What the hell are you talking about? It's not half a loaf. I want the actual friggin' burger. And you guys are just punching me in the face still. Chip Roy is on the line. We're going to put him down as a maybe on the immigration <laughs> bill. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. Now you're right. Well, go ahead. Well, no, look, I mean, it's it's I love your show because you add humor and it's good and we have fun back and forth and we have to lighten up a little bit. But it's serious business for this country and for Texas. I know. And we've got all of these people, 50 million people in the United States are foreign born. Mm -hmm. They've dumped another five, six, seven million into our country. They are dumping people from all over the world, very few of whom actually come here because they really share our values. They're coming here and bringing their values without any education system to try to make sure that we're going to have an America left to even stand up for. People say, Chip, 
why are you opposed to you know uh, the Israel uh, standalone clean bill to give money to Israel when you say you love Israel and you've introduced all sorts of bills to support Israel? I do love Israel. I do want to stand by Israel. There will be no America left to stand by Israel if we have open borders and we spend money we don't have. And that's what Republicans currently stand for, that and tax cuts for corporations. That's about it. And Republicans need to finally stand up and do what they've campaigned for for as long as I can remember, secure the border, stop spending money we don't have, make sure we stand up for working-class Americans. By the way, that was the magic of Trump 2016. Mm -hmm. And if Trump wants to win this fall, he needs to capture that magic, standing up for blue-collar, hardworking Americans, securing the border, cutting spending, taking our country back. Amen. Uh, we're talking to Representative Chip Roy. Just one other thing I'll throw at you then, because something that became yep. a big problem here in New York is we had migrants beating up cops. Uh, you might have caught the video by now. Oh, and yeah, and you come to see that, you know, some of these migrants have quite the rap sheet. Is there another country in the world that would tolerate people coming to a country illegally and beating up anyone in a uniform? I mean, I, I mean, only countries that you don't want to live in. I mean, look, I saw that story you probably saw yep. with that 13-year-old girl in Italy yeah. got dragged into a bathroom and raped by seven Egyptian migrants. Mm -hmm. And now they're trying to decide what to do with these guys. And, and you know, they were able to identify them and they're trying to, you know, they've, they've, they've rounded them up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, you can imagine what I would do yeah. <laughs> if, if it were left up to me in that situation. Yep. Um, but, but this is the kind of thing we've got to sort out. Yep. When you have a cop getting beat up, by somebody who came here illegally, and he walks out of jail with no bail flicking off the American mm -hmm. people. Yeah. Meanwhile, you've got a Marine who is fighting somebody off in a subway, and he gets $100,000 bail, and he's fighting for his life. Yep. Something is upside down, and the American people aren't going to tolerate that. So these people better understand the rule of law is a two-way street, mm -hmm. and they need to understand that or we're going to have real trouble in this country. Yeah, we would take it. Okay, last thing, and you're out the door. Uh, do you have a Super Bowl pick for us? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is Texas-based. Uh, but you've got the other side of this coin. I know you're not a big fan of Gavin Newsom in San Francisco, but can you get behind San Francisco in the Super Bowl, or are you going with Patrick Mahomes, the East Texan? Yeah, you know, it's it's tough because, you know, Mahomes is a Texan. Uh, uh, I was sad to see that news about his dad. Yeah, it's rough. Sort of that is tough. But, like, uh, but Brock Purdy's a pretty impressive dude. You know, I mean, I saw him play at Iowa State. You know, I'm a, a you know, University of Texas guy. My wife's an Aggie, so, you know, kind of. You know, we saw we saw him play a lot, and uh, he's done. You know, going in that game, the story of him going in mm -hmm. and being the last guy, yep. you know, the last guy yeah. in, and now having a shot at the big dance is really a pretty impressive story. Yeah, hard for me to pull for a San Francisco team. By the way, I'm a, I grew up a Cowboys fan. Yeah. So the the catch you might remember Dwight Clark in yep. 1982. 82, yeah, Joe Montana. Yeah, it still like just gives me like you know I wake up in sweats like it just I can't uh -huh. stand that that whole play. So, Forty ers <laughs> it's a little tough to pull for, but uh, you know I don't know if I've got an actual prediction on it. I actually haven't looked at the spread, but I would probably um, it's take low. San Francisco. Uh, All right, fair. Now it's low. Yeah. The line's about one. It's about a pick 'em at this oh, okay. point. So all right, so it's just a guy to pick 'em. Okay, well that's that's a tough call then, uh, well, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. On fair. Well, I will tell you this: I was in San Francisco over the weekend. Uh, the Dwight Clark catch doesn't. Uh, uh, traumatized me half as much as what's on the sidewalks in San Francisco. But another... well, did you remember when? Do you remember when Governor DeSantis uh, put up the like yeah, crap the map? map when he was debating <laughs> Gavin Newsom? He's like, man, if you've got a crap map, you've gone really sideways. This is <laughs> it ain't working. Yeah, that was game set match. Uh, great stuff as always, man. Enjoy the game, and we appreciate your time. All right, God bless you. Take care, my man, Congressman Chip Roy. There he goes, telling you the truth. Okay.
it's 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 not unique to the Democratic Party. Okay, everybody, everybody in both parties. Okay, when you look out there, is screwing things up. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. Okay, the Republican Party runs on a lot of things. Okay, but they only do a few things. That's the challenge here. Yeah, big corporate tax cuts for the rich. Democrats decry that as evil. It's not evil because they create the jobs. Okay, they do the hiring. So in a lot of ways, making it a more business-friendly climate is a good thing. And Republicans are known to do that when they're in office. But they run on excessive spending and they spend like it's going out of style. They love financing foreign wars and they spend like it's going out of style. So when you hear this mindset out of Washington that like, oh, you know, this bill's the best we can do. Guys, you know who America is negotiating with to pass this bill? They're negotiating with America. So if this is the best we can do, America, okay, get back in there and keep working. Do you know in the infancy stages of the Rolling Stones, they were like, okay, okay, Keith Richards, Mick Jagger at one point met with Paul McCartney and John Lennon, and they talked about songwriting, but essentially they wanted the Stones to write their own songs, and eventually they became very proficient at it, as you'd imagine. They've had a little bit of a run. Uh, but they locked them in the room, and they were like, write some songs. Come out when you have some songs. Okay, that's what the border bill should be. If you got to send money to Ukraine, I, whatever, you're going to send money to Ukraine. But you shouldn't be telling me it's a border bill if they're getting three times as much money as we are. And that's why a guy like Chip Roy calls out his own party. It's, you know, you might be one of those people who hates Democrats as a lifestyle. You might be one of those people that hates Republicans as a lifestyle. But it's your money that's actually being spent. And if you're telling me with a straight face that this is a border bill for the United States of America, at some point you have to invest more money in the United States of America than the other pet causes in the project. You are correct, sir. It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You heard Texas Representative Chip Roy weighing in on the border bill. Now we head out to Hampton Roads, Virginia. Kevin's got a take. Kevin. Hey, Jimmy, great coverage of, you know, all of the points and uh, about this border law issue. And it's Chip Roy, you know, I liked everything you had to say. I've only had one thing about him I didn't like was his endorsement of DeSantis. But I wanted to add one thing to the conversation. Um, uh-huh. I've... I, I, looked at MSNBC and CNN over the weekend, and they're trying to say, you know, Trump's trying to use uh, oppose this border law to try to, you know, advance himself and use it so he can win in November. But I think there's a, there's a better explanation for that. And I think this law is basically going to legalize four to 5,000, you know, a day, which is 1.8 million a year. And if Trump gets elected, he's not going to, he might not be able to, to work against that law. It might inhibit him from completely shutting down the border. Well, what's ultimately going to happen, you're right, is, you know, he could have to go back to executive order, but you don't know how doable that is. And, you know, we're li- we're living in this really crazy moment right now, pre-election, where a lot of Chip, what Chip Roy said was right. The Democrats essentially just want to legalize illegal immigration. 
because that's what that $5,000 5,000-person-a-day threshold does. You can just let people in as much as you want in an orderly fashion. So I don't know whether or not it will inhibit Trump or not, but I do know it inhibits the country. There's no, there's no way around that. I mean, no matter who the president is, uh, we're getting the bill for this thing. So I definitely wouldn't say you were wrong on that. Uh, But when Trump says, like, don't do a bill before the election, okay, what he's really saying is this is a pretend bill. So it's not like you're refusing to close the border. The bill refuses to close the border. Well, you know what surprises me, too, is Senator Lankford is a big proponent of it, and he's usually very conservative. I just, you know, wonder what's up with that. But, hey— um, can, I, can I ask you a question yep. on a different subject? For, who, do you, who do you think Trump's VP is going to be? Uh, Tim Scott's looking pretty good right now, don't you He's think? He's in the hunt. You don't know. I don't, it's going to be interesting because the reason Haley's staying in is because the polling shows that if Trump gets convicted of a felony, he's going to lose. Now, I don't know that he's going to come off the ticket, but I know the donors are going to keep donating. I don't see her moving the needle, though. Between you and me, she's not going to Nevada. She's going to get killed in South Carolina. She didn't exactly have a, the great, best turn in the world on Saturday Night Live over the weekend. So I definitely think he's thinking about it. Do I have answers? I do not. But we should certainly have this conversation again later in the week or next week. And I thank you for the call, Kevin. To the point of Nikki Haley, though, Kevin brings up the point. Here is Nikki Haley, I believe, getting it wrong on the border. Okay? She talks about the need to stop playing politics with the border. Well, the reality is, okay, the border doesn't need a bill to be secured. Here it is, clip six. I think nobody should be playing politics with the border. First of all, he shouldn't be getting involved telling Republicans that wait until the election because we don't want this to help Biden win. We can't wait one more day. You have millions of people who've come to that border. They are not being vetted. America's acting like it's September 10th. We better remember what September 12th felt like because it only takes one. This is not a time to play politics. Is he? What I do think is they need to get something out. Of course he is. He's absolutely playing politics by telling them not to do anything. But what I do think they need to do is they've got to put a tough immigration law in place. Get her out. Get her out of here. Okay, understand this. They don't need a bill. They don't need a bill. If you want to secure the border right now, you don't need a bill. Remain in Mexico. When Tom Holman comes on, former acting ICE director, and he's like, I could solve this in 48 hours. It's like you re-implement the Remain in Mexico policy. The word gets out. The cartels can't charge for safe passage. The number of approaches gets cut by two-thirds. Okay, from there, you got H.R. 42. Maybe you finish border wall constructing. The point is they can get this under control by re-implementing policies they themselves killed. The reason that they want a bill is it allows them to claim a legislative win without crediting the previous administration's policies. But do you understand at the end of the day, the bill on the table doesn't actually secure the border. It says 5,000 people can come in a day. And if it gets larger than that, then they have a right to slow the process. Is that a secured border? The answer would be no. No, the answer would be no. Okay, when you go to the store and it's closed, they don't go, sorry, folks, store's closed. We can only let in 5,000 people today. No, closed means you can't come in. Okay, when it comes to the border, that's not racism. That's not xenophobia. That's encouraging people to come to this land of opportunity in a legal fashion. That's it. It's not a single Republican saying, don't come. We don't want you. Get out of here. Go back to your. Nobody's saying that. They're saying, come here legally. 
That's all we're asking for. And we're being told that we're the dirtbags. It's unbelievable. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon going to be talking to one of my buddies, Griff Jenkins, superstar reporter. You see him at the border. You see him in Washington, uh, wherever something's happening. Remember the end of the Three Amigos? <laughs> wherever justice is threatened, we'll be there. <laughs> that's, that's Griff Jenkins. Whenever something's going down, he'll be there. Assuming it has an open bar. I mean, if you know Griff Jenkins, guy likes to party a little bit. Uh, 888-788-9910 if you like to party with us. In this hour, uh, as we are approaching week two now in the book sales of the Cancel Culture Dictionary, if you did not buy it yet, hook your radio buddy up and get me onto the bestseller list. Uh, it is foxnewsbooks.com. If it happens we are the first community college author in the history of the bestsellers list to get on there, which would be pretty funny uh, for no other reason than because everybody else on the list will be disgusted. This is absolutely gross. Oh, my God. Forget about it. You see, like, Harvard and Yale and Stanford, and then I show up with my Nassau Community College degree. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Oh, they'd be so mad. So if you want to make a protest purchase, foxnewsbooks.com. And if you want an autographed copy, Jimmy Signed Book, jimmysignedbook.com. And if you want it autographed in person this weekend, uh, Friday night, The 9th of February, I will be in Bayshore, Long Island at Barnes & Noble. Fancy. A fancy Barnes & Noble. Yesterday, if you were at Books and Greetings in Jersey, Northvale, that was great. We had a great turnout. Phenomenal people. We signed everything. Books. We signed a couple of boobs. It was... I love it when you talk dirty. No, we had a nice time yesterday. And we signed uh, two pairs of breasts. And I got to be honest, the guy was pretty good looking. You are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. But anyway, uh, this week, Friday night, uh, February the 9th at Barnes & Noble in Bayshore, Long Island, right there in the mall. And Saturday, February the 10th, myself and Dana Perino. I mean, you talk about the pride of the fleet here at Fox News. There is no more, you know, respected uh, figure anywhere in media than Dana Perino. And uh, she is moderating my book signing this coming Saturday. There is about a 400-point IQ gap between us. Uh, obviously, I'll do my best to help her keep up. Anyway, as we get underway in the third hour of the day, I find this insane. You know, one of the points you hear me make a lot on the show is I'll go, this is the dumbest time there's ever been to be alive. I say that a lot. It's the dumbest time there's ever been to be alive. And, you know, I'm I'm telling you the truth. Okay, and one of the reasons why it's as dumb as it is is because we continue to fight all the wrong battles. So listen to this one. This is, man, so stupid. And it really gets me, man. Like, it gets me when I see, like, real. Because I didn't get on the radio being like, I know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. That's the hook of the show. They took a guy with no formal broadcast training, threw him on the radio, 
And they're like, well, this ought to be interesting. <laughs> but it worked. We started on 27 stations. We're on like over 160 right now. Do you know how crazy that is in terms of a growth story? Well enough that they gave me my own TV show. And again, I still don't know what I'm doing. I know how to have a good time. Okay, but the point is when I sit here and I program and I figure out what we should be talking about, I'm just talking to you about things that really jump out at me based on the limited intellect I have as something that is glaringly stupid. Okay, I, me, a guy no one has ever copied off of on a test, and I do mean no one has ever copied off me on anything. Okay, but according um, to a new pilot program here in New York City where I live, potentially coming soon to a city near you, uh, migrants that are now here in the country waiting to hear their asylum cases granted uh, will be the beneficiary of a $53 million pilot program that will hand out prepaid credit cards to migrants who are housed in our hotels. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Okay, so $53 million for people who are in this country illegally. Okay, not the people who are here legally. Not the veterans who are going homeless. You know, if you fought for this country, you're on the streets. But if you snuck into this country, you're in the suites. Welcome to the Biden administration. Home to the new slogan, America last. But you understand it's getting past the America last aspect of this that bothers you. Okay. Here is the program. It's intended to replace the current food service that's provided. You get a credit card, you go spend it on whatever you want. So instead of showing up and giving them food and making sure the money goes towards food, you hand somebody a credit card, at which point they can do anything they want with the credit card. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. That's why it's a problem. Okay, it doesn't ensure that they wind up buying food, at which point you have to buy them food anyway. But again, I'm not here to demonize the people who want to come here to make a better life for themselves. Okay, I just want them to come here legally so you're not subsidizing it and I'm not subsidizing it. And more importantly, they get to buy into the American dream, contribute to society and build a better life for themselves and their family. Freedom! I'm not the guy who wants you mad at anybody except the idiot who greenlit this program. So here it is. Not only will this provide families with the ability to purchase fresh food for their culturally relevant diets and the baby supplies of their choosing. But the pilot program is expected to save New York City more than $600,000 a month or more than $7.2 million annually. Now, be honest. When it comes to government saving... Come on. Don't bullshit me. The way they say it's going to save money, just so you understand, this is how they did it with discretionary spending in Washington. They go, well, we're going to spend $8 trillion, but we decided to pass a bill that will only increase spending by $7 trillion. Ergo, we've cut spending... By a trillion dollars. You're not telling me the truth. No, that is not a spending cut. Okay, they're telling you this is going to save $600,000 a month because there was an original credit card proposal on the table that was $7.2 million higher. That's what they they count as a savings. Well, okay, we were going to spend $7 million today, but we're only going to spend $5 million. Ergo, we saved $2 million. No, you didn't, because you still spent $2 million more. Bingo. Okay, that's the point, or $5 million more. Let me do that in English. But let me read this for you a little bit further. Prepaid cards may only be used at bodegas, grocery stores, supermarkets, and convenience stores, all of which have one thing in common. They sell a lot more than food. 
The amount available to each migrant family depends on their size, how much income they are receiving, according to the contract reviewed by the Post. Family of four might be provided nearly $1,000 each month or $35 a day. Cards are replenished every 28 days. City officials said that if the pilot program is a success within the initial 500 families, it'll be expanded to all migrant families staying in hotels, which is 15,000 currently. So if you come to this country illegally, free hotel, and you get free food. Now, I'm just telling you, I want people to come here. I want them to contribute. I want them to be a part of our American way of life. But it's really pissing people off that work here and work hard and can barely get by to be told the people coming here illegally have it better than they do. 50 Cent, the rapper. Remember how I told you Biden is losing a lot of support in the hip-hop community? Okay, and... Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Well, 50 Cent might be losing his black card to Joe Biden, the arbiter of black cards. Okay, 50 Cent sharing a screenshot of this New York Post headline about the pilot program, and he wrote, What WTF Mayor Adams call my phone? I don't understand how this works. Somebody explain maybe Trump is the answer. Come on, man. Okay, Biden's having a real problem maintaining black voters. I played you a clip earlier in the show. I'll play it again. There's an MSNBC segment they're doing now where they went into a black barbershop. And like, ah, oh, well, you know, we need help with the black vote. Let's go to the black barbershop. Surely they're all voting for Biden. Wrong. Here it is, clip 15. You're hearing that too, that there are some people in your orbit who are either voting for Donald Trump or considering it? For sure. A lot of my friends are obviously my age, so we're a little younger. We've only voted once, you know, for actually for a president. And Trump is kind of all we know. And they're kind of Trump and Biden. They're like, well, we were broke with Biden. We weren't with Trump. And that's kind of the only thing that I'm hearing over and over again, over and over yeah. again, is that, well, Trump, we had money. Well, okay, I hear you guys, but personally... I, morally, I couldn't see myself. Biden is such a disaster. It's a really funny story, though, because I'm not like, you know, running the Donald Trump radio defense fund. But when people tell you there's, you know, well, morally, I couldn't vote for Trump. But you're telling me you can vote for Biden, the guy who opened the border? OK, which led to a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. Does that sound morally sound? <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm just saying, OK, it's a two billion dollar sex trafficking industry at our southern border, okay? Allowing that to happen by taking your pen and signing executive orders that gave them the leeway to do this is not really morally sound. And then to say that border agents were whipping Haitian migrants when the very photographer told you it wasn't true. Never mind that the guy morally told us asking black people for voter ID was worse than Jim Crow. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. And 40 other states. There's no moral equivalence between Biden and Trump. Trump says ridiculous things. Okay. Biden does ridiculous things. That's true. That is true. And when it comes to morality, my God. Okay. There's really no man of the year award coming Biden's way anytime soon. Not that it would matter because he doesn't know what year it is anyway. Okay. But what you're ultimately starting to see now is there's this basic indifference to the quality of life in America the last three years that the Democrats are trying to make peace with now in an election year. No, it turns out we cared about the border all along. Democrats are so full of crap. It's the Republicans who didn't care. You know, the ones who, 
implemented the border policies that cut the crossings, the ones we got rid of, they don't care. That's what they're going with. And it's really becoming a problem because people who live in this country don't feel like the priority. Here is Juan. Juan is in Wilmington, North Carolina. Juan. Hey, Jimmy. Nice to talk to you again, my friend. My man. Great to hear you back on the show, Juan. I'm a little jealous that you're down in barbecue country and I'm stuck up here in New York. But they don't let me eat it anyway. Uh, you got to come down here, waiting for you to come down here to this area for your show. I've been looking at your schedule, but the closest to here is Boston. Oh, it's coming. No, no, we're going to be, I have more dates coming, so stay focused. You'll hear more soon. Great, great. Great, great. Well, two two great things. I started reading your book, which was awesome, oh, and uh, your your recent show with a two-set approach looks great, and your taxi. Uh, oh, I love that. It's, it's great also. Thanks, man. Listen, and, and last time that you and I talked, and I told you that I was a legal immigrant that came from Cuba, and I followed the American dream. I became a U.S. Army surgeon, and I'm looking at all this thing that's going on with uh, immigration. Legal immigrants are against illegal immigration. We're sending a message to people around the world. Come one, come all. You got a bunch of freebies. What I can't understand, I'm going to throw you this question maybe to share with the listeners as well, is we seem to we seem to find money to send every to every country around the world, and there's never enough money for our homeless, our veterans, and now what's going to happen then? They keep saying in the next seven, eight, or nine years, there's not going to be any money for Social Security, which has been money that we have put in, that's not the government that's giving us our money. We let them borrow that money. Yep. So Medicare and Social Security is going to be obsolete. But we seem to always find money from the money tree. Yep. I don't understand. It's amazing. But you realize the more you pay attention, you just you don't matter to them because you're not valuable. If you don't, if you yourself don't decide elections, you just don't matter or you're not a special interest, you just don't matter. That's why I tell people a lot Juan and you would know this as someone who migrated to this country, okay? The thing that makes America great is be, is that you can depend on yourself. Okay, that you don't have to you don't have to unless you're incapacitated, let the government solve your problems. But this is why I don't want people letting politics have so much power over their lives. At the end of the day, we still determine our fate as Americans, but we're watching more and more of our freedoms get eroded because of things like this. So your voice is a very valuable voice in the huddle. And even when you praise the show, I appreciate all of that. But if you're going to keep calling in and you want me to do a local date, I'm going to need some barbecue, Juan. Like, what are the odds of me you getting some it. barbecue? Hey, listen, have you ever tried barbecue and Cuban black beans and rice with plantains? Try Whoa, Juan, you're going to get me thrown <laughs> off TV? I can't eat that kind of food. It sounds great, though. Uh, you're, you're, you're supposed to be on my here. side, Juan. Come on. Man. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, listen, enjoy your show, and congratulations to all, all, all your success, my and, friend. Yep. Until next time. Yep, my man. Great call as always. The great Juan, uh, who he won't feed me, though. I mean, he made a big campaign promise. He said, I'll get you some. I don't know. And they won't let me have it anyway. I got the guy following me around as we speak right now with the food. I'm back. You know what happens? Like, so we tape the show on Saturday night. Then I have like a 24-hour window on Sunday. I can kind of eat whatever the heck I want because there's nobody around here at Fox to keep an eye on me. But the minute I walk in the door on Monday, the guy comes back. Put that cookie down now. He's the most talented man on the radio, but he needs your help. We all know somewhere underneath all of that bright color, there's a man who's not right. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking with Griff Jenkins in the next block. Griff Jenkins. 
has a new series out on Fox Nation. It's about the pets that belong to drug dealers, the Pablo Escobars of the world. I would watch this. Like, I haven't watched any of myself on Fox Nation. I've been told my stand-up comedy special is trending off the charts in terms of views. <laughs> no, it's not true. I actually told it was, I, I was told it's actually doing really, really well, and I'm proud of that, man. It took a lot of work. Uh, what is doing really well on Nation, uh, there's a documentary about my book, It was supposed to air last Sunday night on the eve of the book release, but news and everything in between got the got the documentary bumped off the channel. But it's going to re-air at some point. But in the meantime, you can watch that on Fox Nation right now. So there you go. And I spent time interviewing people that were the subjects of the cancel culture dictionary. I actually met with a Native American tribe that wants to restore the Washington Redskins logo. It's fascinating to hear their side of the argument because the Native Americans are making a completely different presentation than the woke white people. Everything woke turns to And you'll see some really funny uh, interviews. Kennedy's there. Pistol Pete Hegseth is there. Joe Piscopo, who was on my Saturday night show this weekend and was phenomenal. If you didn't see Joe Piscopo, I posted it on the Fox Across America Facebook page. I am posting it. It's on my Twitter feed as well, at Jimmy Fallon. Uh, SNL alum Joe Piscopo, a guy who literally conquered the comedy world with Eddie Murphy at the peak of Saturday Night Live fame in the 80s. Uh, he and I had a chit-chat about making great comedy in any era and how there's a timeless approach to doing it that means you really can't consider the politics of anything because at the end of the day, and I say it a lot, comedy doesn't have a political party. Comedy is a party. He knows what he's talking about. So you can't really think in those terms, and that's what made him and Eddie Murphy so successful, and him and Robin Williams, and him and Gilbert Godfrey. Uh, And it was fascinating to have that talk with him uh, on the air, Uh, and we get into it in great detail in the cancel culture documentary. But the next break does not belong to my vast empire on Fox Nation. It belongs to the bell of the ball, Griff Jenkins himself, who stops by a program he is far too classy to appear on. But apparently his handlers have done him dirty, and he's going to find himself in the house of ill repute that we call Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Tell you what, folks, when you talk about a good get by the bookers of this show, I mean, every once in a while, Mikey likes to flex some muscle. He likes to be like, this is the kind of pull I, Mike Advensky, have here in the Fox News uh, orbit. And joining us now is proof of that very flex by Mikey. He is a Fox News national correspondent. He is the host of the new Fox Nation special. I was just talking it up. The Drug Lords Hippos. <laughs> How about it, Griff Jenkins, Wait, in studio? What the hell, Jimmy? I'm the guest? <laughs> I was getting excited. I was like looking at the door thinking, who's about to walk through the door? <laughs> no, no, no. They really commit. Not only did they build you up for this, <laughs> but they put you in the studio with an actual hippo. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you. We're going to get into this special. Just dropped on Fox Nation. Mm-hmm. It's the story of Pablo Escobar, the famous drug lord. Mm-hmm. And he had a personal zoo. Yes, Why? he did. Because that's what drug lords do. They what's, have zoos. What's the point of dealing drugs if you can't buy a hippo? It can't be flamboyant. The, Lions, tigers, no, giraffes. I have zebras. questions. And let's get right in. You know, we're going to get into lots of things. But I just have one question, okay? Because I know Pablo Escobar had this. And I'm fascinated. I will watch this. Like, you have my campaign promise. I will watch this. And okay. I look forward to watching it. Um, but I, I'm trying to find Bubbles the Chimp. 
Michael Jackson had a chimp <laughs> named Bubbles. And I just watched the We Are the World documentary yesterday. Yeah. And it got me going because Bubbles the Chimp is in the dock because yeah. Lionel Richie goes over to Michael's house to write the song. And Bubbles is there. There's a good chance it ended up in Hacienda Napoles in whoa, Colombia. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that whoa? This is totally false. Michael says it's not true. <laughs> Griff he, Jenkins he is know? here. You know they had Finding Bigfoot? Let's you and me host a show called Finding Bubbles. Listen, don't take me down the Bigfoot. You're going to get me in trouble. Years ago, <laughs> I went out with the Bigfoot Field Research Organization, uh-huh. BFRO. Uh-huh. And I embedded for three days in search of Bigfoot. Love it. We were beating on trees, yelling into the night, and a guy put gorilla pheromones on me head to toe. And I said, what's going to happen is that if the Bigfoot finds me, he said, he's going to make a woman out of you. <laughs> Which I was not too comfortable with, but but at the end of the day, we shot a great bit, uh-huh. took it back to Fox News, and one of the producers put senior Bigfoot correspondent oh, on the good. Chiron, <laughs> and all my bosses got mad at me. No, that's good and TV. It may come as a shock. We actually didn't see Bigfoot. No, you stop no, it right but now. But I did learn something. What did you learn? The organizer said, I said, uh, so... Ha- you know, what are the chances we're going to run into Bigfoot? I mean, he's got to be a pretty rare guy to find. He said, there are somewhere between four to 4,500 Sasquatches in North America. Uh-huh. I still haven't seen one, though. <laughs> By the what? way, you know what Pablo Escobar doesn't have? No, give it to me. A Saturday night show talk where about an amazing it. host is in Times Square Stop looking for cancel culture. Doing things. I love Griff, it. Griff Jenkins. A great show. And I only know that because I work on the weekends. Yeah, that's true. Griff Jenkins is here. And uh, he's reading the promo for my show exactly the way I paid him to, which we appreciate. <laughs> he likens me. He's, I'm now the Pablo Escobar of Saturday Night TV host. Do I get a hippo for having this show? That's what I want to know, Griff. Jenkins. All you need is four. Yeah. So Pablo Escobar, just real quick. Yeah, let's talk like, about What it. the hell are they talking about? So Escobar dies in 1993. He mm-hmm. has the aforementioned zoo. Zebras, lions, tigers, and hippos. The uh, Colombian government goes in, round up all the animals, donate them to South American uh, zoos and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. And the hippos, because they're the most dangerous land mammal on the planet, the weight three tons, can run 40 miles an hour and have a really a short, was that fast? pissy temp. Uh, yeah. temp. They, 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 they couldn't capture them. So there's only four of them. People were getting hurt. They couldn't round them up. <laughs> and they're like, to heck with these. They'll die off. No. Let me tell you. Colombia is, according to the hippo experts down there, hippo heaven. They've got lush rivers, jungle environment, and no natural enemy. And so they began to multiply. Uh They were having hippo sex, making hippo babies. This is hot. And now... Can you speak slower? Hippos Uh are the number one invasive species in Colombia. (laughs) You're just like (laughs) hanging out having a barbecue and a hippo walks into the backyard. We interviewed one guy that got mauled by one and like, oh my gosh, I was in pain. Just like just scars all over his body. I love this story. Griff Jenkins, uh, the documentary, let me make sure I read it accurately because I wouldn't want you to confuse it with one of my products. (laughs) The Drug Lord's Hippos. On Fox Nation right now, the drug lords, hippos. How could you not watch that? To everyone listening, so my stand-up specials there. If you've seen it, hooray and thank you. Okay, but you know they had. I want you to think about this. Okay, Barbenheimer, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah. Okay, we've got you and me on Fox Nation. Can we call this Hippoheimer? Hippoheimer. You watch the Griff and you I, watch the Fela. Done. Hippoheimer, guys. Get a hashtag going. Listen. Watch them both. We got cocaine hippos. We can get a cocaine bear. We got 
I love this. This is great. No, but everybody should go watch it, get a kick out of it. You can see the doc on the Cancel Culture Dictionary while you're there. There's a lot happening, Griff Jenkins, but this is what I wanted to throw at you. Um, I haven't gotten to this yet on the show, but you likened our duet to Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs. Yes. uh, Who did, by all accounts, steal the show last night at the Grammys. It was a hell of a performance. I was selfishly happy that the Grammys and the music was the focus. We didn't have, like, one Republicans or the devil. Do you think Hollywood is getting the message that they should kind of stay in their lane, if only because their lane is a good, valuable lane. I'm going out on a limb here, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm going to guess that the producers of the Grammys didn't really know Mm -hmm. that the Tracy Chapman moment was going to steal the show. Okay. But, I mean, I didn't watch it live. Okay. I watched the video this morning because it's out there all over the place because it was the viral moment. And, you know, I got goosebumps, Jimmy, watching it because I was a senior in high school, got my convertible old Mustang. I was driving around playing fast car. But then there's Luke Combs, which the media has gone to such great lengths to make a racist controversy over, and you didn't know where it was. Here they are. And, you know, Luke Combs is is really – his body language is like – I'm with the queen. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. you're special. Uh-huh. And he, by the way, is like the number one country guy in the country. Yep. And he, the, just the, the uh, irreverence that he showed her, mm-hmm. and like he was genuinely like proud to be yeah. with her, and she just nailed it. And yeah, it took did. me back to a nostalgic moment. But then I began to think, you know, maybe I'm also nostalgic because in 1988, I feel like we had partisan politics. Yep. But we didn't have this cancel culture, which you know so much about, where every reaction is like a zero to ten. Think about this, and you make a great point. Michael Moore once got booed off the stage at the Oscars for criticizing George W. Bush when he was accepting his documentary award for the best documentary. And he started lashing out at Bish. This is a shame on you, Mr. Bush. And they started booing him. They were like, what are we doing, man? Yeah. Because this is what I come back to with Hollywood. These people have the greatest lives in the world, and they're jeopardizing it by alienating so much of their audience. I mean, if you're in Hollywood, you are famous because you hit the genetic lottery. Right. And it has always been part of the bargain that we agreed to, which is that these people are going to have better lives than us. Don't even humor the idea that you're anything like us. Just allow us to tune in on the Oscars to find out who banged who at the after party and who won an award. Boom. Sold. That's what we need to do. And I'll go buy a $28 popcorn, $33.50 if I want a small soda to go with it. Okay. (laughs) That was the deal. And so I don't think they ever should have got into this lane because I feel like, hear me out, that you can help more as a ball player, as a musician, and as an actor, and maybe even a comedian, if you actually just provide us with common culture. Common culture meaning everyone can tune in. Wouldn't that be better for us right now than another screw you to these people? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, the the lane you're talking about, it's really uh, fascinating. We're about to watch uh, this comedian, Shane Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis, host SNL. Host SNL. And, you know, he... Uh, is kind of this uh, survivor, if you will, I guess, of cancel culture in the sense that he didn't become bitter in this guy that was like cast out and like every mm-hmm. time you saw him doing a joke, it was like screw SNL. Yeah, yeah, not at all. Like he just decided, I'm going to be a comedian. I'm going to be funny. I'm going to go be funny. Tech with that. And now, who else is knocking on the door? Bud Light. Yep. After a $27 billion loss, they realized, you know what? We need a guy that will identify with the people that drink our beer. And in fairness to Bud Light, mm-hmm. 
we all lose our way. Yep. Maybe they're finding their way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to see a guy like Shane Gillis come back, man, that that's great stuff. And it's affirmation of exactly what you're saying, uh-huh. which is they, there's lanes that the entertainment industry really needs to stay out of. Yeah, and it's a great point. We're talking to the great Griff Jenkins, who I, when you want to talk about hard-hitting journalism, <laughs> the drug lords hippos. I mean, yeah. it's no, I love it. I'm excited. But you're right to say that. Okay, we need back common culture. And I think when you look at the 2024 election, it gets past policies. The cool party is going to win. Because there's so much anger in our politics right now that somebody's going to figure out how to make their brand like, hey, we're having a better time over here. That might actually decide this in an election this close. Right. And and it also makes the other party jealous. Yeah. It makes the other person like, but why aren't you angry, too? Yeah. Because like, I, I just don't want to be anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just going to take. Like, I'm exhausted. The, the high road, the, the, the GPS Google map to high road somehow got deleted recently. <laughs> they don't even but know. But maybe we're finding it again. I would love that so much. We just got to take a few rights and turns and go the roundabout way to get there. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot happening, and you got to stop the plug in your car. It's a different time now. Tra- <laughs> Tracy Chapman, you've got a fast car. And I'm, we're going to get out of here once we finish charging the damn thing. It's Her a fast car, by the way, what? in a Tesla. <laughs> no, no, man. Tracy Chapman had a gas-powered car. You know who I saw in a Tesla? I was in Hollywood over the weekend. I saw Ellen. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres was at the In-N-Out on Sunset. She was getting, she got a couple of burgers at the drive-thru. Wow. And we just had like, what's up? And she was in her glasses doing her thing. Oh, man. And, I uh, love the In-N-Out. Yeah, well, you got to love some In-N-Out. So I have a theory, Griff Jenkins. You travel the world. You co- you do cover a lot of grown-up stuff. Like, we'll see you in the Capitol and stuff. Like, well, the only- my, my professional yeah. surf career didn't pan out, so I had to that? do something. But, like, the only time you see me at the Capitol is it's someone who looks like me on January 6th <laughs> making the way up the stairs. It's not actually me. I won't actually be there. But uh, having traveled the country, um, I consider In-N-Out to be very good fast food. But I think on some level, things, local foods, get they kind of become deified. I don't put In-N-Out in like my top three fast foods, which I know upsets my West Coast listeners. I don't, I'm not telling you it's bad. I'm telling you it's good. But it also has a reputation because you always like the thing in your town better. Do you think In-N-Out is slightly overrated? Just slightly. I don't want to get yourself in trouble as a surfer. But is it slightly overrated? Not in the slightest. Okay. Listen. Hold on a second. This is a demographic uh-huh. crucial pressing question. I want to hear I this. I spend a lot of time in uh, Texas mm-hmm. on the border. Yep. So California has in and out. Mm-hmm. Texas has Whataburger. Do they ever? D.C. has the five guys. Do they ever? New York, you got Shake Shack. Mm-hmm. Right? I love cheeseburgers. Uh-huh. If you told me I can't have cheeseburgers anymore... That's it. I'm done. That's what you run There's on. There's really no other reason to get up in the morning. Okay. And so I judge all of my favorite cheeseburger places based on how I feel after I eat it. Yep. And this matters. When I work on the border and it's 96 degrees and I knock out a double bacon avocado Whataburger, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> like I might drown in the Rio Grande and it's only three feet deep. If I'm in Washington, Five Guys, which is my hometown that I should be kind to, it's so greasy and heavy. I I don't need, unless I have a hangover, I don't even really go there anymore. You don't mess with it. And their fries are even heavier. It's like, how can you do the heavy fries with the heavy burger on the grill that you haven't cleaned the grease off of since, like, literally Tracy Chapman brought out (laughs) Fast Car? You get to Shake Shack, it's just, oh my gosh, there's too much happening. Yeah. Like the shakes, they're trying to, they're not sticking to the burgers. Mm-hmm. But In and Out 
is true to the product. Okay. It's fresh buns, those skinny fries. Mm-hmm. I can eat that single cheeseburger, the lettuce good. and tomatoes fresh. I surf. I eat some in and out. I'm like, I feel great. I'm going back out. Whoa, Griff Jenkins. And I might, on the way out, mm-hmm. pick up the the uh, T-shirt, you know, with the uh, Whoa. with the Studebaker and the I the went from it's overrated to you went. I'm helping the merch line. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a turn, Griff Jenkins. Griff Jenkins, I, spokesman for In and Out Burgers. And I will say, I will say this: uh, the one argument in favor of In and Out for real though is what you just said. You don't feel bad after you eat it. You don't ever because I had before the airport Saturday morning. I had to fly home and host my show. I had a double double with fries and a coke. I actually yeah. felt great. Like, I would normally yeah. not eat fast food before a cross-country flight, but I feel yeah. fine. Do that with a Whataburger or a Five Guys, <laughs> and you're down for the count. Muhammad Ali, baby. No, not that's down. no. If I want Five Guys, I go to my wife's search history. <laughs> Good night, everybody! <laughs> Come on! Jimmy's got a million of them! Love it. Ah, uh, guys, you got to go check out the Drug Lords Hippos. It's mandatory viewing. Griff Jenkins, this was epic, man. Hey, listen, anytime, call me. I'd love to come back. Uh, and I'm still waiting for that exciting guest they booked to come in here. <laughs> That's enough out of you. Get him out of here. <laughs> Get him out. A show so good, it moves the stock market. The Dow racing up on Jimmy's remarks. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Letting the guitars go, folks. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I was going to hit the post and do it old school, but I figured I should say something. You would have thought I was late back to the studio or something. I was out hobnobbing with Griff Jenkins, shooting dice during the commercial break, none of which is true. You are so full of shit. I was actually in here. I was reading some headlines. As we come back from break here in the bottom of the ninth, your radio buddy about to become your TV buddy. I will be on with the great Martha McCallum. Uh, 3.30 Eastern Standard Time on the Fox News Channel. Tomorrow you can see me on Fox and Friends. I'll be on with Stuart Varney, uh, and I'll be on with Laura Ingram tomorrow night. And, of course, she is always thrilled to have me. What a fraud! Stop it! She loves me. Uh, and if you love me, uh, help me get onto that New York Times bestseller list. It would be really funny if we made it. Uh, foxnewsbooks.com will get you a copy of the Cancel Culture Dictionary. If you want it signed for yourself, a loved one, a friend, an enemy, Jimmy signed book.com. I'm doing two live book signings this Friday and Saturday, one on Long Island at the Barnes and Noble in Bayshore. Saturday, myself and Dana Perino at the Little Point Bookstore down in New Jersey. I mean, stop it. That's a whoa, big step up in class for me and the Cancel Culture Dictionary. But uh, the book is selling well, and you guys have been a great help to that mission. So seriously, thank you. I consider every one of these things to be victories for all of us. That's what I say. Like, I'm not the star of the show. We are. And it's true. The only reason we've grown at the rate that we have is because there's a lot of like-minded people like yourself who are cool. They care about the country, which is why they consume as much politics as they do. Uh, But they know we can process hard Hard news without beating each other up, which is not the case on most of these shows. Most of these shows, you tune in and it's somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? And then you get like, I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Okay, I chime in with a little more of a reason take, which is never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. Okay, if you can't get away with it, then what's the point? Don't be hitting anybody in anger. What are we talking about here? But I'm not actually espousing uh, violence. I'm telling you 
uh, here as we wrap things up today. What the week is going to become, and you'll probably hear this at the top of the show tomorrow, Kamala just gave a speech about 30 seconds ago where she said that Trump is stoking the fires of hate bigotry and racism and you know oh shut up woman okay that's what's about to happen between now and election day and the reason even my tv show is trying to be such a port in the storm to the insanity in our politics is because it's about to get really gross out there and when it does it becomes emotional and when people are dealing from a place of emotion it denies them the self-awareness that should otherwise tell them they sound insane Okay. well, they want you to go insane this time around because we are 10 months from Election Day. It is no longer in the window where policy happens. This is not a 10 month window that will, you know, involve sweeping legislation or dramatic changes to the quality of life in the country. It's just going to be an exercise to see who can call each other the devil the hardest. Nobody talks anymore about the issues. No, they simply just. This man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. I mean, it won't happen here, which is why I tell you every day to be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Listen to the show ad free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.